You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. This episode, we'll be talking about the bird's fifth dimension. In the room, I have Rob, Hello. Ben, Hello. and Sean. Hi. Fifth Dimension is the third album by the American folk rock band The Birds and was released in July 1966 on Columbia Records. The producer was Alan Stanton. The genre is folk rock, psychedelic rock, raga rock. Shortly after the release of their second album, Turn, 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 in 1965, The Birds entered RCA Studios in Los Angeles to record Eight Miles High and Why, two new songs that they had recently composed. Both songs represented a creative leap forward for the band and were instrumental in developing the musical styles of psychedelic rock and raga rock. However, Columbia Records wouldn't release the songs as they had not been recorded at Columbia's own studio. As a result, the band were forced to re-record both songs in their entirety at Columbia Studios Hollywood, but that was just the start of their troubles as the band's principal songwriter, Gene Clark, left the band due to stress, and the most popular single, Eight Miles High, was banned by many radio stations in the U.S., believing the title to be a reference to recreational drug use. The Fifth Dimension was an early excursion into folk psychedelic rock. Although often cited as uneven musically, the songs were pivotal in transmuting folk rock into the into new musical forms of folk country psychedelic rock rock. The album peaked at number 24 on the Billboard's top LP chart and reached 27 in the UK albums chart. What do we think of The Bird's Fifth Dimension? This record fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck this book. No, I felt like a real Rob when I was listening to like, it. What the fuck, man? <laughs> I, uh, I, I, no, don't, I, I don't get, get your it. words out. Get your words uh, okay, out. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Um, so, I guess, basically, when I was listening to this, uh, when I was yeah. listening to this, um, I was thinking to myself... Well, I remember when, like, the D.A.R.E. program was a thing, like, as a child, and I think that if they had played this record for me and told me I'd like it if I smoked pot, that I would have never smoked pot, (laughs) because what the fuck, man? Like, it's, like, and and I was reading up a little bit more on it, like, like, it sounds like a lot of the guitar licks sound like when Marty McFly's like family's disappearing from the uh, <laughs> from the picture, like during Earth Angel. <laughs> and then I read a little more on it, and apparently, like they were trying to fucking channel some jazz baloney. Yeah, and con- that just made me dislike jazz more. Like <laughs> really, this, this whole thing like really bummed me out. Didn't uh, Mr. Spaceman make you think about like Arrest Development? And they had like the like Big Yellow Joint song. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the same. It's Big Yellow Joint, but it's by the Birds. Oh, you mean? Dr. Spachemin? Yeah. <laughs> 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 
This okay. I, I I like the birds. Yeah. I like I I liked Mr. Tambourine Man the album. I really like Sweetheart of the Rodeo. At best, I think that this album has not aged well. I maybe when it came out, people their eyes turned to daisies and they're like, <laughs> "Oh my goodness!" It it it, it sounds kind of goofy. And and I'm sorry, the song Mr. Spaceman, musically, I like it because it's a step towards the country rock part of the era of the birds that I, is my favorite era of theirs. But it just seems like lyric leaders playing Mad Libs now. They're like, oh, we had the good song with Hey Mr. Tambourine Man. What if we said Hey Mr. Spaceman? What if he was in space? Do you think that we could? Do you think that we could do it again? I mean, that's the thing, though, is all those sitcoms talk about mediocre 60s folk and country and stuff. And I yeah. think this is a, actually a really good example. I think this is, yeah, I think you're hit, hitting on something there. It feels very like a mediocre album. Yeah. That, okay, the birds are okay. They're starting to write their own material. It doesn't seem like they're quite capturing what they wanted to. This Although album, many people said eight, you know, they like Eight Miles High. Oh, yeah. I love Eight Miles High. I think <laughs> it's a great song. I, I agree with Rob on the, the, the Marty McFly slowly dying guitar leads. I don't need him. I like the song without him. That song was Gene Clark's one writing credit on this record. And it, this album, this album, listening to this album and listening to the ones that came before it made me realize, like, oh, I miss Gene Clark. Yeah. He's like, when you think of the birds, you know, like he's. Not even like the fourth bird that I think of going into it. I wasn't a huge Birds fan, but it, you know, you know Roger McGinn, you know David Crosby, uh, you know Chris Hillman, and I recognized Gene Clark in pictures. I didn't know how much I would miss him when he's not writing some pretty cool songs that are the ones that aren't Bob Dylan songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I like Eight Miles High, and I was about to be like, oh yeah, they still got it without Gene Clark, and then I read like. Oh, he he wrote that one and then left the band. <laughs> I mean, I also think that like some of the songs are really tight and their harmonies are great and that they got it. And other songs where there is no harmonizing, it sounds like they are making up the lyrics as they're going. And they're like, all right, that works. Like, I think it was, I think what's happening, maybe? Yeah. What's that, happening, exclamation point, exclamation point? Yeah, like, it sounds like, it sounds totally made up. <laughs> what happening? <laughs> Was that another sick? Oh, wait. It, it was What Happened. What oh. Happened? Yeah. <laughs> Where's my little red wagon? <laughs> right. I, I, think so. I think that behind those uh, those bangs and rectangular purple glasses, uh, they might be concealing kind of a goofy dude with, with old Jimmy McGinn. I don't dislike him. I, I think he might be a bit of a goober. And I yeah. think that without... I think that without some of his really talented sidemen, his gooberness is showing a little bit more. And I think it's only going to continue showing more and more because I, I think pretty shortly here, 
Dave Crosby leaves the band, and then just getting more and more just Goober McGinn. Mm-hmm. And I know that we've got <laughs> still a lot of Birds albums ahead of us yeah, in this book. Yeah, there's a few on here. Yeah. Someone really likes the Birds who yeah. likes I, this book. I just, I, I, I listened to this album three times. I took the time each day to listen to it to be like, you know, maybe my first impression was incorrect. Go back to the trough again. What the fuck? Okay, maybe this is just a bad day. Let's try it after work. Go back to the trough. Why the fuck is this in here? Like, yeah. I, I would never put this on for recreational listening. Like, ever. Period. Yeah, this is this is definitely the point where, uh, like, the hippie rock thing, to me, the folk rock, gets just, like, not for me. It's Whatever a, it's, it's doing... It's like a Spinal Tap flashback. Is a, yeah. Like, this is how we were in the it, 60s. Yeah, this, it just... It feels not even confusing because I understand what they're doing musically. No, it's pretty simple. Yeah, yeah, and maybe that's maybe that's it. Is that it doesn't seem like they're stretching in any direction, and it just seems like they yeah almost got into the studio and decided all right this is we're gonna do some weird stuff, and their weird stuff is not weird at all, and they just it just kind of sa- sounds a little like slapped together. Yeah. And then, you know, I was, you know, I was reading a lot and, you know, people are crediting it. I'm like, well, maybe like from a historical standpoint, uh, people are saying like, oh, it's one of like the first psychedelic rock records, maybe one of the first, but it's not the first. It, it's, it, it's still well-tread territory, like Revolver's out. Yeah. You know? It yeah. There's was... a couple different albums that have proceeded that felt even, you know, felt psychedelic. Yeah. If this was the Bird's only album... We would have totally forgotten about the birds by now. Yeah. If this was, if this had, I feel like if this had, uh, going back to another analogy I'd done before, if this would have been a different name of a group and it wouldn't have been the birds, like, and we heard this, you know, and people, rock critics were like trying to go back and listen and say, oh, what's the best albums? There's no way they would have picked this out and said, yeah, that album by... Like if this had been like a Strawberry Alarm Clock record? Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they they definitely would have not given it the time of day, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like it, it stands on... Um, I guess we're getting kind of to the next part of, you know, being in this book. I feel like it would not be in this book if it did not say The Birds. I don't know. Also, the fact that they did not pay, play Eight Miles High on the radio because it was recreational <laughs> drug use. Like, every song was, was about drugs. Every, yeah, every song was about drugs. But then they tried to say, uh, oh, the lyrics are actually pertaining to the approximate cruising altitude of commercial airlines. And the, <laughs> the, the, the group tried to like say that was the reason. No, that's something you like tell your mom right. when you're high. Yes. There's no way you're gonna convince any radio station. It, <laughs> it, it was a convenient story that they could tell because they had just gotten back from their first transatlantic <laughs> tour. You yeah, know? like 
So like they're like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a convenient parallel. They're <laughs> not buying no. it. I do love that song. Mm-hmm. I really do love it so much that I stole the whole structure of it for a mustache song. <laughs> <laughs> mustache, Adam and I, we we've got a, a song based on a, a true story about uh, how I, I bought some pop brownies off of a food truck, uh, two, of, <laughs> two of them for $5. You couldn't beat the deal. And I had one, and he had one, and it was the same night as uh, Louisville's uh, Pride Fest. So we we're, were just floating down the street, you know, with like giant disco balls and drag queens and stuff, and it was... A killer night. It a was, magical like, night. It was such a magnal... Like, and so I wrote a song about it, and it's entirely just the melody of Eight Miles High. It's just, <laughs> instead of Eight Miles High, it's, it's two for five. <laughs> I bet it was better than any song on this album, aside from Eight Miles High. I mean, I'm biased. Yeah. <laughs> the bar is low. <laughs> Some of these songs sound like the I gave my love a chicken who had no bones. Like... This is what, like, John Belushi was breaking guitars over in fucking Animal House. Are you talking about I Come and Stand at Every Door? <laughs> yes. Which we were listening to right now on our headphones. That's about a a, a dead World War II baby. <laughs> cool. <laughs> if you, it, it Not is. written by them, though. Who wrote it? Nazim uh, Hikmet. Well, they didn't improve it. <laughs> no, they did not. <laughs> he is a Turkish poet, playwright, novelist, and memorist. He's a mime? Is that what a memorist is? Does it mean he's a mime? Don't know. Let's assume it. We're not going to find out. (laughs) He mimed no to you. (laughs) Oh, I would say their version of Hey Joe, though not that original, a lot of bands in this. It's kind of a standard. It was kind of a standard. And even like their interpretation of it was kind of a standard one. I like it. It's peppy. It's got a nicely placed cowbell, I, but I think it sounds really out of place on this record. It sounded like they needed a they need an extra t- another two minute song, and they just happened to have a recording of Hey Joe because every band had a recording of Hey Joe, and it just feels kind of like they were just thrown on the record. Like it's a garage rock song in the middle of like a silly, goofy psychedelic folk record, you yeah. know. And the the two four two Foxtrot Learjet song. That's, 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 just, that's just goofy. There's dude. a lot of songs about planes, apparently. Yeah. This, they, uh, <laughs> were they not just they mocking were... that dude who had a fear of flying that they kicked out? Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, he claimed that he... Uh, Gene Clark uh, claimed that he was afraid of flying, but I think it was just the stress. Uh, later, he kind of r- revealed that it was the stress, and I think that was just a, a way to to stop doing it. But yeah, it, it does sound like they're mocking him a bit by having the sound of a Learjet in the song. All the lyrics. <laughs> Gonna ride a Learjet. Gonna ride a Learjet. It's <laughs> uh, fucking, fucking profound, man. Can't, can't be bird if you can't fly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so... How do we all feel about this album doing a plus, neutral, minus? For me, it's a minus. I just don't. I'm not into this album whatsoever. Uh, Eight Miles High is, is a pretty good song. But other than that, um, uh, I, Fifth Dimension was okay. And actually, I didn't mind so much what's happening. Really? The Crosby. Sorry. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a weird... Uh, that 
the minors and my, like minor seventh, I find interesting when people try to incorporate into sort of like a pop pop uh, arrangement. So, uh, yeah, definitely just a negative on on my book though. Yeah, um, I'm gonna give, <laughs> I'm gonna give a solid minus. Um, I wrote down a, a few things. One is 28 minutes of crap. Uh, one is this record fucking sucks. And Real the, insightful stuff. Yeah. The, the other is the, the book has the audacity to describe this band as rock when there is literally nothing on the album that remotely rocks. So, no, I'd say, I'd absolutely say skip this. It's not worth your time unless this is, unless, you, unless you're a masochist and you just enjoy things that are terrible. So, or, yeah, yeah whatever. I'm done. Fuck it. I also am going to give Birds Fifth Dimension a minus, especially since the birds are so represented in this book. You know, uh, they, they, they've got at least four other records that, that this book covers. They didn't need a fifth, and if they did, it didn't need to be this one. Uh, I like a few songs on it. I like Eight Miles High. I like Wild Mountain Time. I thought that was just kind of like a pretty folk song. I'm a fan of the birds. I like their harmonies and I like that 12 string sound, but I, I just think this record just sounds like a goofy parody that did not age well. Like it maybe it wasn't a parody at the time. It just sounds like a parody now. It became a parody of itself. Yes. Hmm. I am going to round out the minus <laughs> group. And I agree. It's a minus. I wanted to like it. Like I was listening to it at work and then I think, What's happening came along, and I was like, "No, this sucks. This actually sucks." And I can say it. What happened? My truth. Yeah, like that song is so bad to me. Like, it's it was like when a kid writes a song, like when they when a child sits down and like I'm gonna write a song today, and they're like, "You were mean, and it was bad. You were mean. It made me sad." Like that's how I felt about. <laughs> that's how I felt about what's happening. So, Guys, we've reached consensus. Yeah, <laughs> consensus. Yeah. Next time, we'll be talking about Bob Dylan's Blonde on Blonde. Oh, Uncle Robert. Thanks, guys. Yeah.